Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Central Park, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Sarah Dolman. Hello. Yes, we're here to talk Central Park's first season, which concluded yesterday, uh, Friday, the July 24th, on Apple TV+. Plus. It is a new musical comedy, adult comedy series created by Lauren Bouchard, Nora Smith, and Josh Gad. Um, yes, Apple, it's on Apple TV+, Plus, which you might have, even if you don't realize it. Um, so, although I'm not thrilled with the platform, having watched a season of TV on it. Uh, but we don't need to really get into that, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I want to watch the credits to see who the artists are, but it just auto-skips and I can't turn it off. Oh, mine doesn't do that. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it depends where you watch. Um, anyway, so we're going to be spoiler-free to start here on the Central Park Season 1 podcast, because I know, at least in our community, a lot of people have not watched this show yet. So we're going to talk spoiler-free for, you know, maybe 10, 20 minutes about what we thought of the first season of Central Park, and then we'll get into spoilers for the rest of the season. I'll give a clear warning when we're about to get into that. Not really a spoiler-heavy show, though, um, but you might want to go in fresh without knowing about the songs and stuff. Um, if you haven't heard us before, check out OverlyAnimated.com to uh, see our discussions on a lot of different animated shows. Um, and, uh, find all the links to subscribe and various things. Okay, though, we're going to talk Central Park's first season. We just, it's been airing weekly for the past 10 weeks and we've been watching. Um, so Julie can start with just generally like, how do you like the show? How did the season go? Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, I overall really, really enjoyed Central Park. I wasn't sure what to expect, um, for this show, I had seen a little bit of Bob's Burgers, which was also created by Lauren Bouchard. But I, you know, they, but I was sort of excited with all of the the cast members that they have, which we'll get into. And um, yeah, that especially that it's a musical comedy. I think that's what really made it really special. I think that the musical element really stands out in this show. There are so many great songs. Like I've been listening to them nonstop over the past like, you know, several weeks that the show's been out. Oh, yeah. Um and the it's centered around a family that's like a really like wholesome family. Like they all just like really genuinely love and care about each other and it's not cynical the way a lot of like slightly like it's not like a super mature adult animated show but it's like slightly more than like a kids show I would say like I I think it's PG rated and but it's still like very positive and optimistic and the characters are super fun um yeah I I just I had a really great time watching the show I would recommend it Awesome. Uh, yeah, is it PG? Um, I didn't. Even I, know, I mean, I, I didn't notice. know, but then I looked on Apple TV, and that's what it said. Oh, okay. Yeah. I. I mean, you're definitely like it seems less mature than uh, other like adult comedies we've talked about on the podcast, and a lot, a lot more wholesome. I think that's a good point. Um, but yeah, again, maybe it isn't even. It's maybe it's like centered at adults, but is appropriate for for everyone. Is what they're going for. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. I was like, kind of like thinking about it like I don't really know what it's actually what the show who the show is actually targeted at because it's sort of about a family but it's also a little bit more mature but it's not like super mature yeah yeah um and Apple TV has like like 
broadcasted this as one of their temple shows to start with, mostly because they don't have a lot of stuff. But uh, so probably is centered at a wide, wide uh, range of audience. Um, but yeah, I've I've also really enjoyed Central Park uh, in this season. It's just been really fun watching this show for the past, I guess, 10 weeks or eight, nine weeks because they had the first two together. Um, and it's uh you know the the big draw to me of this is it being a musical um if if you've not you're not familiar too much this is like a full musical show um there were 46 songs in the 10 episodes uh in the first season which um and and that like uh it's like unique we I don't think we've ever talked about a full musical series before there've been movies um of course steven universe one of our main shows that we talked about had a lot of songs but definitely not like this show is like centered on its songs like there's at least like four songs every episode yeah and they haven't backed off of that which i've been happy with um that's that's definitely the main draw to me i wasn't really familiar with bob's burgers or, or too much before um this although like josh gad and frozen and stuff um and then a lot of these uh, actors are from hamilton and from various things that we've seen um but uh, i i I've, I've really the main thing is i have really enjoyed the music and the songs go up immediately on spotify and then you can listen to them a bunch of times after the episode airs i think that's been great um i think i think this is a season that started off like as like a unique interesting show and then really like hit its stride halfway through i would say i think like once you get to the halfway point of the season we start to get some actually good and potentially very good episodes kind of to close things out in the season so i've been happy where the show has gone um i don't know if the story is like too much of a draw and they certainly haven't focused on it yet the characters um aren't uh like the most in depth but i think are are like appealing in each of their own right um yeah the song the songs are great i think the show is really well done well uh well animated even though i haven't i don't really connect with the broader animation style which we'll talk about at some point um i i think the the work that the artists on the show have done has shown through in addition to definitely the uh composers and all the people behind the music of the show um so i don't know i just i think central park was just a really fun experience i'm glad it was weekly um i'm i'm glad it's gonna continue um at least for a little mm-hmm. bit more and had a lot of fun watching it yeah I, I thought i didn't mention this but like it's funny like it's a funny show like you know some comedies don't really hit for me but like i thought like overall there's a lot of there's a lot of fun yeah, I think I think it is funny. Um, I think for me, that's like kind of the secondary draw to the show. Yes. I feel like, you know, if you want uh there's there's different shows to watch if you want to if you're primarily here for the humor, but it is a funny show. And I, I think like uh, that combined with the music is just a really like light, pleasant uh, watching experience. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, I talked about it, but uh, for me, like the main topic with Central Park and continuing to be spoiler free here is is the fact that it's a full musical series um and uh like sarah do you how about you do you you agree about it with that that that's kind of the main draw to the show that's maybe the most notable thing about it i i would say that's definitely what i enjoyed most about the show and i think that's definitely what makes it so different because we haven't seen anything like this before like with it being like so many songs in an episode and and the episodes are sort of centered around the songs and the songs are used to sort of drive the story and the characters. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it's definitely unique for animation. I, it's also unique for live action, um, like a original, multiple original songs per episode. I don't think there's a lot of any, any TV shows that are doing this recently. 
Um, there's probably like a handful in the past 10 years or something. Um, but, uh, it's, so it's, it's the, the question I think is like, how did, how did it work? Just, uh, a musical entirely musical series in general how did it work in animation how did it work in like i I mean adult comedy animation um and uh did like is there any like sacrificing in the quality of the songs be because there's so many um like uh, so because because you enjoyed it sarah do you think that uh, it overall came together well I would think so. I would say like there, there's definitely some songs that like really stand out and others that are kind of like, mm, okay, this was like maybe like a little bit more of like a fillery song. Like not all of them can be like super incredible when you have to write like, I don't know how many songs, like a bajillion. Um, but like, I don't think, it, like, I think that the music added to the show. Like, I think it was overall like a, a core component to the enjoyment. I thought that it really worked for me. Yeah, I, I think it really worked too. I mean, in terms of like, the, is there a drop off? I mean, sure, some songs are going to be not as good as others. I think that's true of like Broadway musicals as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, like, there's like, we're going to go through all the songs, not like all of them, but we're going to go through <laughs> like 20 songs. Like, I think there's like 20 legitimately great songs out of the four yeah. to six. That's like a pretty good rate, I yeah. think. Of yeah. success, and then another, and others aren't like bad. It's just um, there's there's definitely some songs that are like okay, we're gonna put a song here to kind of fit what the story's doing of the episode. Right. Um, but I think that's good. I think it like I, I don't think that like I do think that some of the songs do feel a little bit forced into the plot of the episode in quotes forced, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I think it's in service of this being a full musical, and I think that. Just if you're just going to think of Central Park as kind of a proof of concept for this, uh, like a musical animated series, I think this is like a, a big success. Um, yeah, I, I think like totally they could have more shows than Central Park. I mean, this is like a great concept and characters for, I think, a musical series. But we could have way more, uh, way different, different types of indifferent, like centered at kids, um, sent even more, more mature than this. I think you could have all sorts of, of, uh, musical animated series. I think animation is the perfect medium for this. It can work in live action too, but I think that they really explored the range of kind of realistically depicting the characters, just singing to kind of going more abstract, um mm-hmm. and i think that uh you you, uh, you can explore all those different types of things in animation of course um yeah yeah but but even beyond just a proof of concept which i think this is like a, definitely a success and we should see more of these types of shows i think central park um it feels like something that's more than just hey this is a musical series isn't that fun and I think that's a big question is like, of course, if you're if you're like a fan of musicals or even if you're just like intrigued by seeing something different with musicals, you might be like, uh, you might check this out, even if that's all it is, if that's its main draw. But I think I do think the show uh, gets there with kind of the, the the story that it's telling its characters, the kind of the, mm-hmm. the themes. I, I think like there's enough there. It's not the most in-depth characters or themes or story or anything, but I really think it does kind of come together throughout the season to to being like a really good show on its own right. Yeah, I would agree. I think that the characters are all like really genuine and you do like as much as they're not like super, super deep, there's still like a lot of 
you know, uh, focus on them and what's important to them and what they care about and their different sort of stories. And it's sort of introduced really well, I think, in the first episode, which we'll we'll get to that song, um, which I'm thinking of. And, you know, I think that it really... Um, the music sort of serves the story, but like the story in itself is um, a fun one. Yeah. And we'll talk about the story. I don't think the story ends up being a big focus of the season and the season does not particularly wrap up the story. And we'll talk about maybe why that is. So I don't, I don't think like if you're looking for a story driven show, this is it's you're going to be super happy with, with right. what happens here. But um, it's it's uh, they just take a broad concept and kind of have it interesting individual episodes based on that, I would say. Yeah, I mean, what what I mean by the story is not necessarily, like, it's, like, really interesting narratively what they're doing, but more just, so like, you know, every character sort of has their own goals that they're working towards, and so, like, I, and I think that you connect to them because the characters are so genuine. That's that's sort of what I mean by the story. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And some characters, maybe one note, but an enjoyable one note that we yeah. keep hitting on. I think that's fun, and it works in this type of show. But um, just the overall question of, like, you know, like, how did this, uh, we saw 10 whole episodes, 10 full musical episodes here. Um, like, I think it's a huge success. I think there's like, a, almost every episode is like at least one great song in it. Um, some episodes have multiple and, uh, mm. it, uh, and it comes together in, uh, I mean, okay, I guess we won't say that in terms of spoilers, but, um, you know, like it, there, there's, there's some level of like under like awareness of all the songs that are building up throughout the season and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so like it I, is sort of like a, a musical in the sense that the whole season sort of has its themes that it's bringing together over the course of the season. Yeah. And there's like re- reprises and like a musical mm-hmm. there's, there's reprises over the credits at various points and stuff. Um, like, de- you know, definitely if you like musicals at all, should check this show out. And I think even if you're intrigued by that, should check it out. Um, yeah, if, if, I mean, if you hate music, if you hate people breaking into song, this probably isn't the show for you. So I guess there's that. <laughs> yeah, which is I think some people do feel that way. Um, yeah. But uh, honestly, I mean, just the fact that uh, it, like if you're going to like, I don't like seeing too many plays because a lot of them are musical. But like there's, there's not a lot of shows like this. So I feel like yeah. Uh, if you're watching a lot of TV shows, this is like a nice change of pace, even if you're mm-hmm. not as into musicals. Um, yeah. So uh, I think we want to go get into the songs more, keeping on the how does it work as a musical series topic. But that means we'll get into spoilers. And is there any uh, last spoiler free comments on Central Park? Um, Nope. Let's get to the songs. OK, so we're going to go into spoilers for all of season one of Central Park here. Um, nothing huge, honestly, if you've not seen the show, but if you want to go in fresh, check out Central Park, then come back and listen spoilers from this point on in the podcast. Um, okay, so we Central Park features and we could have talked about this, honestly, in spoiler free because it's kind of a draw, but um, it features kind of a few main composers and then a lot of like guest artists who write songs for the show, which I think is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the, our, our main composers are Kate Anderson and Alisa Samsel, um, who, uh, were in the Olaf's Frozen Adventure, uh, short, um, but what, what, I, I haven't seen it actually, but, um, I actually haven't seen it either, which is maybe Blasphemous as a Frozen that fan, is kind of blasphemous. but yeah, you got to check it out now. Um, but and, <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they're... now that I know how great Kate and Alisa are, I probably will, even yeah. though I haven't heard the best reviews of it. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then also uh, Brent uh, Knopf writes a lot of songs as well. And then there's a specific guest artist such as Sarah Brellis. Um, Alan Menken writes a song. Darren Chris. Uh, we, we get a uh, Fiona Apple song, which is exciting in the last episode. Um, so a lot, a lot of kind of big names come in to write a uh, song or two. And, um, I think, I think that's fun, but I'll just in going back to like the, the main composers though, I think, uh, Kate and Elisa, um, it, it's, it's hard not to think that they're uh, paramount reasons why the show has been so successful. I feel like they, they've, they're credited with so many really great songs throughout the mm-hmm. season. It's really mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, I'm so impressed by all of those super quality bops that they were able to put out for the show. <laughs> okay. Do they slap the bops? Is that yes? Okay. Um, the the yeah, I, I they 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 just uh, compose like uh, a wide range of genre of songs as well. Um, that's another feature of Central Park is you get a lot of different genres of songs, which I think is really impressive, and they're behind a lot of them. Um, from uh, kind of like more pop to rock-based songs to more uh, hip-hop songs. Um, I, I think it's a really appealing array of music that is featured in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's go and uh, talk about some of our favorites here. We can go in chronological order. This is, pre- this is intended to be the main part of the podcast, so we'll see how long we spend going <laughs> through all of the songs. Um, uh, and th- there's other great parts of the show. Too. And when we're talking about the songs, I just want to emphasize, I think the music itself is great. And I really want to credit the artists behind the show for um, figuring out like really interesting ways to accompany the uh songs they're playing and then also just the artists like on the 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 normal animation in the show and storyboarding that's not part of musicals is it feels integrated really well into the songs uh and to the animation behind the songs like i feel like all of the uh the work uh on visually on the show um really enables i think the songs to pop in a major way yeah you know i'm thinking though like would it make more sense to talk about the characters first so that we could sort of introduce them before we get to the songs. Yeah, I think uh, some of these characters are going to come up as we go along here. So um, we, we can go through the characters. Okay. And then we can dive in more. It's because, you know, when we get to certain like Helen songs, we're going to talk about Helen. So Right. Yeah. So we got to know how much we love Helen. That's fair. Okay. Well, spoilers on your Helen uh, thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think uh, we, we're going to start off here with Owen, Owen Tillerman. The Tillermans are the, the family that... Um, live in a castle that they they keep central park um, he's the park manager the park exactly. manager yeah and they, they're all just his his family um i would say he it's i feel like it's not super obvious at first that owen is the main character but i think throughout the season he definitely starts to be the one that shines through mm-hmm. do you agree with that I would say yes. Like, I do think there is, like, a slight more focus on it, but I don't think he's, like, more heavily important than the rest of them. Like, I don't think he's, like, over the top, like, emphasized as the main character. Like, I don't I don't think so, but I think that, you know, because his story kind of... Well, also, I would say Paige's story, like, comes to sort of completion in the final episode. I think maybe that's sort of where the idea of, like, him being a little bit more central comes from. Yeah, I mean, he's the star of the last uh, action scene. I think that's, that's yeah. a big part. Um, I think Molly, Molly and Owen, to me, pop like as they get. It feels like they get the most focus. I mean, Paige and Cole as well, but um, 
I think the the show uh, likes those characters. But we have uh, Leslie Odom Jr. as Owen, uh, uh, Leslie from Hamilton, Aaron Burr, and uh, we just so it's a great great uh, showing of him seeing his his incredible performance as Aaron on the on Disney Plus uh, Hamilton version that came out. Um, and uh, this is a big draw, I think, to to watching the show is you get to see Leslie M. Jr. and David Diggs from Hamilton in another musical. Um, mm-hmm. like, Although uh, I haven't seen Hamilton yet, which is also blasphemous. <laughs> yeah, at some point. It's very long. Uh, probably Hamilton as long as is the... No, that's probably not true. As the season, it's it's close. Uh, actually, it's probably pretty <laughs> close. Uh, the, the But uh, I think uh, he... So he's he's much more of a... Uh, kind of, he's, he's playing like a nerdy dad uh, here in Owen. Um, and, uh, it's, it's definitely a different performance than, uh, his, his Aaron Burr, but I think he's, he's really incredible as Owen, just as generally as a voice actor. And then the songs, of course, he's really incredible as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Pro- pro- I think the main draw probably is, is seeing, for me personally, seeing Leslie Owen Jr. Uh, as, the, yeah. as kind of the main character of this. Yeah. And like, what, what I love about Owen, if we were getting into sort of the characters is like, he's, he's like, a very vulnerable character like he like he's you know he's the dad and he's sort of you know like you know in sort of a stereotypical way you might think like oh he has to be sort of like the strong leader of the family but like he has those moments but he also has a lot of moments of vulnerability and like struggle and softness and like i love that we get to see that from owen and get to see just like how all the things that he really cares about and the things that he struggles with and is insecure about. Yeah. I love that. I, he's, he's kind of like the, the anxious type character, but he still is like very capable and we see his accomplishments and we see him standing up for his family in the park. Um, mm-hmm. but we also get to kind of see some neuroses and, and some, uh, weird social interactions and stuff as we do with like kind of all these characters. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Owen's great, and he has some great songs we'll get to. Um, we have Catherine Hahn as Paige. Um, she has the whole reporting, reporter arc, and reporting on Betsy trying to buy the park. Um, Bitsy? Bitsy, that's true. Bitsy. <laughs> I guess that's part of why she's Bitsy, because it's not, because it's a weird name. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I think I'm familiar with Catherine Hahn from a lot of comedies and had not heard her sing before this. And I think she's really great um, Mm -hmm. as Paige. Um, Yeah, I think Paige is great. I think the reporter stuff is is here touch and go throughout the season. Um, And uh, I think I think she's I I like the episode when she's her mom stuff with Molly, the the chess episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I think maybe Paige a little bit um, underdeveloped compared to I don't know I mean honestly they're all similarish in in terms of uh, the the characterization but I like to see even more from Paige in the next episodes. Yeah, like I feel like we have Paige's story of she's trying to um, become a report. Well, she is a reporter, but she's trying to sort of write like more big bigger stories than just like fluff pieces and stuff like that and. And we kind of see her struggle with that, like trying to figure out the the story of what's happening with the park and with Bitsy. And like, I think that's really great to show her sort of striving for that. I think that I would really love to see more from her. And in in general, the thing that I really enjoyed about Owen and Paige in this show is sort of seeing their vulnerabilities as parents and like, you know, learning and figuring out how to be good parents and the struggles that go along the way with that. I think that's what 
that's uh i think a really successful part of the show yeah that, that definitely makes me think of episode nine where uh they want the kids want to go to this the ghost tour and um they're, they're like discussing in front of them whether they should i think that's really fun and getting, mm-hmm. yeah they, and they do kind of I think come across as as like uh really sweet good parents mm-hmm. um, yeah and then there's some great page songs we'll talk about we have titus burgess as cole um the mm-hmm. the, the youngest kid um we know titus from kimmy schmidt and he's also on uh 30 rock um my my take with I think Titus is the most uh he's sub, the most unrecognizable to a certain extent as his character. Um like he definitely sounds like Titus but I forget because it's so different like he's so much less ostentatious with this character. Yeah, um, you know what that, that totally feels like what my experience was. It's like once I when I'm thinking about it, it's like yeah, it sounds like Titus but then but then otherwise I just like forget. I'm really impressed with him as a voice actor, as, as yeah. Cole. Um, I mean, this is, this is, uh, not a super character. There's a lot of depth to him, I would say, but, uh, like, I think he, br- he brings a lot to Cole, a lot of, uh, comedic chops to this character. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, I like, I like Cole. He has a, he has a plot line with the, the dog, um, that is <laughs> kind of more towards the beginning and end of the series, of the season. Um, mm-hmm. other than that, he gets random stuff happening. That's yeah, kind of I, th- I think Cole is a is a funny and sweet character. I think yeah, I think Titus great does a great job with his comedic timing with Cole. Um, and and I think that, like you know the storyline with the dog is really sweet and fun, and I think it's nice to see sort of like a it's you know it's a little bit subversive to have a guy that's just a, a, like a young boy that just like really wants to play with his dog, and you know it's not like the most like masculine thing if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. That's true. Um, and that's kind of his his personality trait. Is is uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I'd also describe Cole. Honestly, I think Cole. To, to, uh, to my point earlier, that like Owen and Molly, I feel like I have a better sense of their character. I mean, all of these characters really have one thing. I mean, some mm-hmm. more noticeably than others. Like Helen is literally yeah. one thing. But um, yeah, I could I could see more Cole. Maybe Cole tying more to some longer term plots that are happening. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Kristen Bell as Molly. Um, of course, with Kristen Bell, um, we had controversy surrounding her as a white woman playing this black child. And um, the we've we've we can get into this now, I guess, with her voicing that. So I think this is a very discouraging thing that we saw, and a big uh, thing that makes a lot of people not want to check out the show to start with. Um, I mean, of course, a lot of people's reaction to this news is going to be like, I don't get why this is a problem. Well, yeah. you know, think of, don't think of any difference between, I don't really have the patience to explain this a lot, but don't think of any difference between voice acting and acting. It's a whitewashed role if, if Chris, if Chris, if Kristen is playing this, uh, the this uh, biracial black child um mm-hmm. it's, it's a whitewashed role. It's taking an opportunity away from a black actor um and it's just not uh like really appropriately uh to like someone who can appropriately speak to the character's experiences especially mm-hmm. when molly's kind of main attribute other than her romance throughout the season is uh she draws comics and draws herself as a hero in her comics that her superpower is her black hair um mm-hmm. like her big bushy black hair is like something that gives her powers and which like is that's like wonderful and empowering yeah. and then it's like oh <laughs> this white woman's voicing this character uh this is incredibly like out of touch with what should be happening here yeah uh so that was kind of the experience it's like a pretty big turn off to the show and i don't understand i mean i understand because 
to be the uh, like white people just don't understand this is an issue or don't care. I mean, there's a quote from Lauren like like only months ago where he's like, uh, well, we, we, we started the show and we knew uh, Kristen was going to be a major part of it. And then we decided to make the family uh, biracial. And then uh, and then we're like, oh, we have to cast her as the kid and as the as the daughter um, and uh, like just completely like not understanding um that this this shouldn't have happened um it's very very discouraging not a good look they they have changed it now we we just got news yesterday emmy raver uh lampman will be playing molly in season two um seems like a i mean she this is like is a great it's really exciting to see the casting um she uh Although it's just like the most obvious fit, like how do you not cast her originally for this character? Like she um, was played Hamilton when it was uh, played on Hamilton when it was touring. Um, I, I guess she seems like she's comedic chops. Like it's, it seems like per- just the perfect obvious person to cast for this. I have no idea how this did not happen originally. Um, so th- that's good that we'll be seeing her in season two instead of uh, Kristen Bell, who uh, she she was great this season um like she's a great singer i think she's uh that's the the main aspect i think she's like she's a great actor as well i never saw her as an integral component to molly i don't know if that makes sense like um like uh to me those other actors we mentioned stand out more in terms of them embodying their characters mm-hmm. to me it's more just like oh this is Kristen bell and she's cool and she's a good singer um but uh excited to see to see emmy in season two i'm definitely think that they recorded most of molly's stuff already for season two so that's interesting that we're gonna re-record it all i'm glad that they're doing that but um they definitely did all the music already i'm pretty sure um so uh yeah i i think like it's it's easier to watch now that this has been uh, at least something that's acknowledged and addressed yeah i agree i Definitely, it's like I, I sort of was definitely feeling like very torn as I was starting the show and the first few weeks where it's like, you know, I really do love Kristen Bell and she is a really great actress and singer, but like she's completely inappropriate for this role as in, in terms of uh, playing a biracial young character. And so I it was really it's really just like disappointing to see like how ignorant these creators can be and how they need to be like basically forced to make this change only because of what's sort of happening in our broader society where we're now we're actually like really openly talking about racism um and so once they announced that she was going to be replaced by a black or biracial character like i was definitely very relieved because it makes it a lot easier to like feel like i like i don't want to be supporting a show that's casting in inappropriately in this way um and so i think you know feeling like i can support I, can, I definitely feel like i can support the show more and watch it more easily now that they've made this change um but again like i i, I agree with dylan that in that like she does d- do a really great job as molly and i think she's funny too and but i do think that like i don't think that her character needs to be Kristen bell in order to be the character and i think it, like you know we see this a lot in this kind of show where they hire the people that they want to hire and they don't really think about the consequences of that. And I think it's it's really frustrating to see that kind of thing happen. But I think that, you know, they definitely, for the rest of the cast, they did a really great job, but this one was definitely a missed shot. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I think so. And uh, yeah, it took a large cultural reckoning in order to change these animation castings. Uh, pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's super frustrating. Yeah, but like uh, like you mentioned, Sarah, I think that uh, it should be noted, despite this, that this show does feature um, pretty incredible black actors as a lot of the lead characters. Um, and uh, I think that that is a big positive, uh, like a social component of what the mm-hmm. show is doing, seeing uh, Leslie and Titus and David um, in these main roles and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, just in like singing. And uh, it's 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 really uh, it is it is like it is progressive that it's it's a biracial family that it's sent yeah. on, even if they didn't execute on it in that. I mean, I do think like. I don't know how many of these writers are black. I don't think the creators are. I'm not sure any like, uh, but uh, the, I don't think this like stands out as like a particularly, I mean, this is like not our, okay. This is not really our place to talk about, but like, I don't think there's anything particularly culturally black about what anything that's happening to, except for like really Chris, uh, Molly's comic, I think is the big thing that stands out to me. Mm -hmm. And, Uh, And I think, I think like it would be really interesting to see, you know, the fact that these characters are black or biracial, like, integrated more into the show. Because, like, you, like, if you just have black characters, but don't, like, write from that perspective, and, like, I'm not saying I can't speak for who the writers are and what they're writing from, but, like, having that sort of not be a part of the show also kind of, like, whitewashes a bit their, um, their characters. Not that I can speak completely from to that because i am white but that's sort of what i was feeling about how they've done this show yeah i think it should be more it it needs to be more integrated into the show into the show i mean just think about like what changes if this is just a white family is there almost anything that changes like uh like like about the characters or about the the story that's happening Mm -hmm. um so probably not the most genuine experience but um uh, yeah, the, I think other people can definitely speak more to that. Um, so, you know, I mean, Chris, yeah, Kristen, like the main thing I talk about is how incredible she is in some of these songs. Um, mm-hmm. So we can get to that when we talk about the songs. We also have David Diggs as Helen. Um, love David Diggs um, in Hamilton in this role. Um, Helen is my favorite character. Uh, <laughs> I will say she has one attribute. Her attribute is she wants to supplant the dog in in the uh, line of succession for Bitsy. And everything she does is based on that one thing. And I think that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of hilarious that she never gets any more depth than that. Yeah. And, and like, it would be really nice to get a little bit more from Helen. Like, you know, what's her backstory? Like, where how did she get into this? And, like, why is this so important to her? But, like, you know, she wants to... You know, because she knows that, you know, Bitsy's getting old and is hoping to sort of take over Bitsy's riches, but the dog is in the way. <laughs> yeah. But I but I think it was really fun, all of the ways that we saw that come to play in this season. So, like, I didn't really mind that we didn't get a lot of depth. They're like, let's explore that in as many ways as we can. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that David Diggs is just playing a Karen. Like, like that's... <laughs> I know it's an insult to Helen, who we stand, but I mean, she kind of like, uh, you know, she's not in, she's not like in power in any way. So I think that's maybe not the most fitting attribute, but as like a middle-aged white woman, um, I think it's like hilarious, like casting. It's a great showcase of David Diggs in some of these songs. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to talk about that. And we can talk about that in tandem with Stanley Tucci as 
Mitzi Brandenham. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another like pretty funny casting, I would say. Stanley Tucci playing this old woman. Um, Bitsy, I think there's like actually there's more characterization than Bitsy than you would expect, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see her dynamic with her family um, in the season. Um, we get to see all these different ways in which she is uh, like both wielding her her power and also just like uh, not I don't know like still in certain ways like affected by her her being a woman and stuff uh and her role in in her family and and stuff like that i don't know is is bitsy the most developed character on the show is there a claim is there a argument for that it's possible we definitely do get a lot of different uh you know components to bitsy yeah do you like bitsy i think bitsy's fun i like you know it's I I definitely don't root for her and what she's trying to do, but I think she's a fun character. Uh, yeah, I, I think so, and I think Stanley Tucci is hilarious as Bitsy. This brings up the question: like, why are uh why are there two men voicing women in in this but show? I, this is I I mean I haven't seen a lot of adult comedy, but I feel like this is a Lauren Bouchard thing because he did this a lot in Bob's Burgers. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that checks out as a Lauren Bouchard thing. Um, I think yeah. here specifically, I mean, in, vaguely, you don't want, you know, men taking away women's parts in shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this I would not dis- uh, ascribe this to David Diggs as Helen, which gets another incredible black actor on the show. Um, I, but uh, I don't I, I don't I haven't really seen any discourse about this being bad in, in terms of this application. This seems like a pretty um, narrow uh like there's there's two characters i mean you could have an old woman voicing bitsy instead of stanley tucci i think that would be fair if you want to say that um i mean i mm. think stanley tucci is certainly very funny as, yeah. as bitsy yeah it's it's more just my reaction is more just like hey that's weird that's more my reaction yeah you know like i think i'm i'm a little bit used to it after having watched Bosworkers because i think when i first saw that i was like oh i di- i wasn't expecting these like characters to be voiced by men um and so i think i kind of i can it's kind, it's kind of more i'm more accustomed to it now um but yeah i i i can't really speak to whether that's like problematic or not but you could you could see it that way i'm not really sure yeah i think you definitely could see it but, uh, you know, I think there's, considering there's the Kristen Bell casting, there's certainly bigger fish to fish yeah. to fry first. We'll see if there we get to Stanley Tucci next. I don't think so. But uh, I don't think, I think it, they're, they're both like really, really hilarious as these characters and have some great yeah. songs. But there's some great Bitsy songs. Um, yeah, we, we've talked a lot about how these Lauren Bouchard aspects uh, make their way into the show. So we can uh, talk about this other major criticism I have of the show now. We still were to talk about the songs. That's going to be the last thing we're going to talk about. We do have about, one more character, though. Do yeah, get we'll, get, we'll get back okay, to we'll it. Okay, we'll come back. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but in terms of like, I, did, I didn't know that that was a uh, aspect of um, uh, of Lauren's uh, style. So I think that that brings up the, the, uh, the animation style that I mentioned, which is that the characters basically are straight-faced the entire time that they're there they kind of emote a little bit but basically these characters are non-emotive and this is definitely what happens on bob's burgers correct yeah yeah and it seemed there's another lauren bouchard show got announced and it's also going to be on that show um i 
really don't like this. I think that the show is successful in spite of this style. I understand that it's funny. I'll say that. I think it is kind of funny that they are all straight faced. Um, I feel like I, they almost kind of, it's almost kind of like Muppets where hell they're like, they're flat faced, their, their mouth is like flat and then it kind of opens up to speak. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I don't well, know. <laughs> the characters are kind of Muppet-like. Um, but uh, I, I like, I, I think it's probably successful in Bob's Burgers, but I think bringing it to this show was like a pretty big mistake because here's my argument musical musicals and music is inherently emotional like Mm -hmm. music is all about feeling things listening to it the show is biggest attribute is that it's a musical so limiting the emotions that the characters can display while singing these very like emotional songs in some cases it lends itself to comedy but i mainly think you're limiting the the uh, audience's emotional engagement with what's happening on screen. Uh, this is very frustrating to me watching throughout the show. I know this is not going to change because they kind of made the style decision already. I wish yeah. that they went in a different direction early on. Um, and uh, I think Lauren should consider not default bringing this to every show he touches. Um, but I don't know. Do you, do you have the same uh, reaction to that, Sarah? Different reaction? Um, I wouldn't say that the style particularly bothered me, but I think it's possible that if they'd gone with something different it could have worked better yeah and that's fair i think a lot of people are going to be like i didn't really care one way or the other um definitely irked me specifically and i think like i want to say this is not a criticism of the artists who have to draw within the style that is outlined for them um and i think it's probably really limiting to work on a show like this the yeah only show the characters not displaying emotion um i don't know like all these characters to a certain extent are very uh like paper thin in terms of their characterization i think if they displayed more emotion that might be different that's possible yeah okay um not not a lot else to say about that it's just thank you a thing you have to accept with central park um, you know, like, is what if there was like a, a Disney style full musical show? That would be fun, too. I mean, that would be it would probably not be a comedy, I guess. I think the style itself would lend itself more to to what's going on. But we have a lot. We do have a last character. One of the creators, Josh Gad, um, plays Birdie, the weirdest character in the show. <laughs> the Central Park busker, um, who is the narrator of the show. Uh, Josh Gad's great. He's really funny. Um, uh, the, this character, I, I would say I kind of have a love to hate <laughs> relationship with Birdie. I don't know if this is what you're supposed to feel. Kind of don't <laughs> like, kind of don't like Birdie, but I think it's fun that I don't like him. I don't know. Well, what, you're probably less harsh on Birdie. Um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's fun. I think it's, it's, what his, his way of doing things and trying to kind of, as we all know, is, is exploring the show, he's kind of trying to meddle a little bit and trying to help. And he can be kind of annoying. It's like, excuse me, Birdie, like you're kind of like bothering the, the people that are, the Tillermans and everyone that's trying to, trying to get their, get their stuff together. Um, but I, you know, overall, I thought that he he was a a fun part of the show. I I I do think like like you know, it, it's clear that we had Josh Gad as Birdie because Josh is one of the creators and so wanted to be a part of the show. But like the one sort of potential criticism is that like, do we need this like white character to kind of like tell the story of a black biracial family like that was sort of like i don't know if i can give that criticism but that's sort of something that came to my mind as i was watching i think that's a good point 
Um, so you could, this narrator can be anyone. Why does it need to yeah. be a white guy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and with Josh Gad, I think he's like, uh, you know, I think he's a certain style of singing that's kind of separate from the normal style song. So his, his songs are generally separate, I guess. Um, and he doesn't have as many as the family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's fun. The, they do, they do do an interesting thing in the season when, um, they have him affecting the story with his omniscient narrator. That's like the m- most interesting narrative thing that happens all season. So I wanted mm-hmm. to dive into that more later, but, um, it's, uh, for the most part, my reaction to birdies usually go away. I want to see the other parts of the show that are <laughs> happening. Which, yeah, I mean, it's like, like I was- kind of aware of that. It's kind of aware that he's annoying. Yeah, the thing is, like, I was concerned that he was going to be super annoying because I'm like, oh, no. Like, I mean, I don't hate Olaf, but Olaf is a little bit annoying. You have to, you know, that's what a lot of people Olaf think. is annoying in a great way. I love Olaf way more than Birdie. Okay. Um, Valley because he's a cute snowman versus <laughs> Birdie's this guy. I like I like I I I love Olaf in Frozen, but I was like, do I want Olaf to be narrating this show? Like, I don't really know. Um, but like, it doesn't feel like it's Olaf to me when I'm watching it. The gag it of feels- Ol- the gag of Olaf uh, re- recapping the events of Frozen One to the characters in Frozen Two was great, but it was also only a minute of the show. That that's that expanded into yeah <laughs> the, 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 the <laughs> framing true. device for this whole show. Um, okay, we'll come back to Birdie to talk about a few aspects. Let's go. Okay, let's go through the songs now. Yeah, um, we talked about a most, lot most of the characters yeah, now. I mean, you know, I think I think that some of the discussion would happen anyway. Um, episodes one and two, a lot of really notable songs to start off with. Um, there's Central in My Heart, the opening number. Um, mm, that being the sort of like the theme of the show that opens it up. Yeah. Um, I think then there's like a whole really intricately animated sequence surrounding this. I think it's a great uh, opening to the show. Um, we have, I would say kind of the, uh, I mean, central in my heart. Also, I think this is as an argument to be kind of the main theme of the show in a way. Own it. Uh, the song from the first two episodes, um, where we see kind of all the characters outline their motivations to start the, the, the season, um, both of these songs written by uh, Kate and Elisa. Um, and uh, own, own It's Great. Uh, I think it started as one of the best songs in the show and has remained that way. That'd be in my, yeah. my top, top songs. Yeah, I agree. I love Own It. It's so fun. It's, it, you know, it, it, it does a really great job of going through the characters without it being like, this character does this and this character does like it's it gets it, it it's an exciting way to introduce the show and it's super catchy um yeah love it yeah i love owen's parts of own it um mm-hmm. yeah lo- definitely good showcase for owen um i'll be biased towards owen in a lot of these songs but i think he's, he's <laughs> great and own it um maybe my favorite there's been i would have said this would be my favorite song for sure of the season until there have been a real a few really good contenders at the end but weirdos make great superheroes um is uh molly's uh tentpole song here and uh written by sarah Bareilles, who we mm-hmm. love um and uh this is just an incredible song Wait, it's a this. it's a really wonderful song it's got a great message only slightly <laughs> compounded by Kristen bell singing it as uh, yeah the wrong I think character that was like, yeah i think that was like part of my struggle to enjoy some of like the molly songs is like you know like it it shouldn't be Kristen Bell, and I can hear Kristen Bell, and I don't know, but I also really like the song. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's it, and and this is like the benefit you get from Kristen Bell in this wrong casting is she's such she's so incredible in the song yeah. and a few others. Um, but I also want to hear the the new Molly version of this. Maybe that'll happen at some point. Um, but uh, this is love this song. The animation behind it. I want to say one. Of, I didn't mention this in the beginning. Um, you know, we're an animation podcast. I love that Central Park, despite having to me, uh, like pretty bland and unappealing default animation style, although it's, 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 um, kind of like storyboarded and animated in great ways and is, is still like good looking. It goes into these other animation styles throughout. Um, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, this show, I think, has a, probably has a huge budget with it being a big Apple show. And mm-hmm. I think they use it to great effect with different animation styles, the best one of which is Molly's comic style, um, which it comes up early on in the show. I was really impressed with that. I was like, wow, this looks really good. Um, it's really fluid. And uh, it's it's a great contrast with the show's normal style. It's a big part of Weirdos Make Great Superheroes. Um and then it, it does fall off a little bit. I think it was a while before it gets comes back in the the finale. But I was so excited to see it as part of the climactic finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I love the comic style. I think they did use it a lot. I think they should use it even more in future episodes. Yeah, it's great, and it's great. You know, like as much as it's you, you know the whole Kristen Bell thing, like having Molly's super uh, superpower be her hair, and you know her being so confident in herself and her in her writing and wanting to you know, just be herself and be a superhero. Uh, it's just, it's, it's inspiring and I love it. Yeah. I love it too. Um, we have uh, do it while we can is kind of the roller skating song at the end of the second episode. Um, written by, uh, Brenda Knopf, uh, and noting that he's also doing a lot of these. I, I think that's a really good song in a different style from a lot of the other music. Mm-hmm. It's a fun song. Uh, episode three, we got mama's got this. Um, I would say is, uh, is Paige's temple song here. Um, mm-hmm. This, uh, I think initially I'm like, this is a good song, but the more I listen to it, um, honestly, it's, it's really fun and good. Like there's a lot of like just funny parts to this song. It's just a very funny song. Yeah. It's like, she like speaks Polish for part of the song. <laughs> there's a part of the song where is, is mom speaking Polish? Okie doke. I love that part. Like, the okie <laughs> like it's very silly, but also super fun. And it's just like a great sort of little family song where Helen's, not Helen Page is like just going through New York tr- on her journey, but her kids are supporting her. It- it's a super fun song. Yeah, really love that. Um, next one I had noted. Do you have any from episode four? Garbage Ballet, I think, is a notable one. Cindy Lauper. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about the songs in this episode. I didn't have any noted, but um, like I said, I think the it hits its stride uh, in about uh, five and six. I would say. Yeah. Um. I like manager to manager. It's a good Owen song too. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 funny. Yeah. Uh, episode five, uh, we get spoiler alert to start where um, we we get Birdie talking about you know not not being able to. I guess he does spoil them in this episode, and then it's followed up on next episode. Yeah. So the point is that he's singing about like spoiler. I can't spoil the plot. And then he does. And, yeah. and then he spoils. And then he spoils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get Alan Menken as the writing the song. I think it feels like Alan Menken's song. And then I think one of the best songs of the show, episode five, we have uh, "If There's a Will," our Helen David song. Um, mm-hmm. Very, a very uh, cl- probably the closest Hamilton feeling song maybe of the show. It's um, it's a great song. This is uh, love love the song for Helen. Love Helen rapping in the in the the visuals and uh, the song itself. This is definitely one of my top ones. 
Yeah, you you know the thing about Helen is that like you know I I like she wants the Bitsy's dog Champagne to to die in some way, which is very upsetting as someone who loves dogs. So, like <laughs> I don't even I'm not even angry because Helen is just so great at singing about it. The thing is, it, like Helen wants that, but she's not. She could just kill kill the she, dog. She could. Like she's not actively murderous. <laughs> it's more just, <laughs> she just her kind of desires it. Her lamenting her uh, being supplanted in this uh, rich woman's hierarchy. Yeah, I think it comes across as kind of like a working class perspective, honestly, against uh, against the rich uh, more yeah. Uh, more. Yeah, which I think is appealing. Um, episode six um, could be my favorite episode because we get uh, the new busker introduced and mm-hmm. uh i was so excited <laughs> that birdie might be gone from the show i didn't re- <laughs> i didn't really believe it but i was buying into this plot and he's like oh man oh, wow. he's so much better <laughs> he's, he's so much more professional um we have first class hands written by darren chris um and uh, the song's really fun i love the song uh, um just in in general the the new busker um I think is voiced by Andrew Reynolds. Um, I think is uh, is a really great side character. Yeah, um, and, and the that, dynamic with him and Birdie is so great, especially this one in the next song. They, and they they understand how good it is, and they it's just in all the songs in the episode too close. Um, this I don't know if I've told you this is also one of my favorite songs. This is maybe it's one of the my favorite songs. Yay! I've been so listening much. to this so much more, and there's just so much great depth and. St- telling the, the these little stories that they're telling in this um and the disconnect between their the hilarious disconnect between their Ready perspectives <laughs> yeah uh it's, that this is probably a vegan i'm sure you love that line uh yeah I, yeah i was i was on edge for uh, being outraged by the <laughs> the anti-veganist but it wasn't really it wasn't really that um and uh he i, realize it. I think they were they're being this, sympathetic to the vegans think, that yeah, don't have we, a lot of food this, options which we can both relate to this, on our this, Food isn't that uh that boy and his piggy yeah not yeah. that um no th- this uh, this song so funny um I, this is i think this is my favorite birdie song like, yeah and, yeah the harmonies in the song are just incredible for it being such a like a weird song <laughs> yeah um it's it's great and then this episode has a. Uh, uh i'm a six and let's see if i we're, we're we're encountering the let's see if we can remember these songs off the top of our head without singing them or playing them to uh, show up is another one of my favorites um this yeah. is uh what, what what's the highlight what's the i always forget what's the highlight of show up sir show up is is a uh, page and molly and then that oh, it's another, and- oh yeah, yeah yeah it's another page song it's the yeah. um that's yeah, with, it's it, it's like I that one and Mama's Got Liz are both really great. They're sim, they're similar, I think, in a certain way. But yeah, it has the daughter of the the, the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really fun. Like I have oh, I haven't listened to a lot of Hamilton songs, but it feels kind of like a Hamilton song. And you have like the three ladies uh, harmonizing. Mm, yeah, 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 definitely. We got it. so this is the the, the three women. Uh, so that is similar to a Hamilton thing. Um, and uh yeah there's there's this is like that this is a song where the story advances and stuff too um i think that's really good yeah uh, episode seven we got uh can we do today again um we're kind of we're getting i think towards the end of the show we get into more rock songs more mm-hmm. rock songs. yeah so, i would agree this is the start of that um i think this is a great song it's kind of all the characters um i think talking about uh their days yeah I th- this one was um the you know the 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 one where molly is doing the chess thing and, yeah, and yeah. cole is doing the 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 rats nuts thing the squirrels the thing yeah 
The squirrels, yeah. There's the, the other episodes, rats. I forget. They're all small animals. Uh- <laughs> it's true. There's a rats episode. I like the squirrel stuff. I think that's one of Cole's better plot lines. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, a- anyway, and, and um, like Owen had kind of messed up with with Cole, and C- Cole wanted to go off with his friend because he wasn't having a good time with his dad. And then, and then Molly thought, or Paige thought she was doing a really great job with Molly because Molly was like kicking butt at chess um yeah and so they're kind of comparing their they're feeling like uh, owen's feeling a failure fate just feeling like she totally won the day and they want to do today again for different reasons yeah i love it um it's a fun song episode eight uh probably i would say is my favorite episode Ah, uh, yeah. We I think we we have similar opinions on this show, so yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> I think it arguably has the best song and has three really good songs in it. Yes. Um, and it's just it was just I feel like they got into smaller storytelling towards the end. Like this is just a very specific episode. Like they're just they're not going for a lot here. Um, yeah. They I, I feel like. I like I'm a little frustrated that they didn't um advance the plot. I think there's arguments about that. Like the finale we'll get to. It uh it, it's it doesn't conclude anything. It kind of just like they they get a win. That's kind of the finale. It kind of wraps things up very quickly. <laughs> they quickly like, wrap up that they have yeah. a win and knowing I I I will say production-wise, the show got greenlit for 26 episodes. You would think that would be two seasons of 13. But then at some point they decided to just do 10 episodes for the first season. And this le- the finale is in the production order episode 11. So we didn't even see episode 10 yet. Um, although they, I don't think that's like we missed an episode. I think they wrote the fin- this that, that they knew and they wrote the last episode as a finale. But it might have been rushed. But there's 10, there's 10, uh, 12 and 13, which were kind of part of the first production run. And uh, we... Those are pushed to season two. So I don't know. There's weird production circumstances probably surrounding why uh, this thing gets wrapped up pretty quickly at the end. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, will the plot line still be the basically the same for the second season? Like, because I think they find a lot of success within just the 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 are the time between Bitsy, like making a big push. Bitsy trying to make these smaller pushes, but not actually buying the park yet. Hmm. I think there's a lot of success there. Like, I, I kind of want it to stay here, but it's certainly the story does not advance like much to, at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, I'm not, Helen's I'm not... Helen still wants to off the dog. Bitsy's still <laughs> <laughs> Bitsy's doing the same stuff. I feel like As she takes in loss. We'll see if she stills the mayor on her side. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I could see them doing something like with Bitsy still trying at the park, but in like a maybe different way. Yeah, I think you, I think I think they should just do similar variations. I mean, we'll see. I would be interested if they did more heavily serialized storytelling, but I feel like the back half of the season is what I want to see from the show. So whatever facilitates that. So I mean, episode eight, yeah, like, like less going on. We have uh, different. I feel like three different types of songs. Do we have "I'm in a Perfect Relationship," which is written by Megan Trainer. Um, this uh, epic love ballad between, uh, like, comedically epic love ballad between Molly and her. Uh, her new boyfriends. Um, I don't even remember his name. Brendan. Um, I know Brendan. his name is Brendan. It's Brendan something. something. Yeah. yeah his <laughs> name is Brendan something. Uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one he thing you know about him afraid. is he likes to text. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's, it's a great song. I really love this. Um, uh, we have Toscano, which is a great Helen song. Yeah. Um, about her realizing she should uh, have the dog bite. 
Yeah, but yeah, it's Toscano. This one sucks. Get a new one. Yeah, I think it's one of the funniest songs. And then Imperfectly Perfect. I think there's an argument this is the best song of the show. It's definitely one of my top ones. It's a really, really great song. And it's got the whole family harmonizing with each other and talking just about how, like, you know, it doesn't matter that your boyfriend is is the uh, son uh, or grant. No, great nephew nephew of yeah. bitsy <laughs> he's related to bitsy in some way um like you know you just like it's okay that your relationship isn't perfect which you know contrasts with like molly and brendan singing about how perfect the relationship is it's, it's just it's super wholesome yeah i love it i love it this is one i've been listening to a lot um yeah, it's all about pizza and so i just get so- a pizza, pizza metaphor pizza in my head and i just want pizza yeah, it makes you hungry. That's the downside. Uh, <laughs> episode nine. Uh, I did not account for this. Um, this is a uh, the most rock. Like I think it's like a Blink One Eighty Two song. Um, like uh, the uh, I, don't, I don't what alternative rock. Alternative rock, punk rock. I don't know. I don't know my music designations that yeah, well. I, I don't. Know. This I'm is the song about. epically. The family epically singing in the rain and then at night. Um, yeah, love the. They start to get into night animation towards the end of the season. I think it's a really really good looking um i loved i did not account for this mm-hmm. it's um, a it's a good song this and imperfectly perfect i've been listening to a lot towards the end of the season um then considering the screen cap either from i did not account for this them singing at night there's like a four a four panel of the <laughs> the family or there's a there's a really obvious screen cap from the finale of the family it's epically looking into the distance so we'll see which works better um the fact singing is representative of the show you know they need to be singing if it's the representative yeah, it's of the musical true. series and then uh the, uh the finale we just got um uh notable fiona apple song uh, new york doesn't like your face um a, a great uh bitsy and the uh the new publicity person that they hire it's a funny like very different sounding song too i think mm-hmm. for the show it's a funny song i like it and then the epic finale die trying um, I, the finale, I like, I was really liking a lot of the late episodes. The finale, I was like, okay, this is fine, but I wasn't as into it as like the pizza episode. But then, and then we really get there, I feel like, yes. in the last few minutes. Like, I, I 100% agree. Like, I think it was kind of, you know, the whole, the fish thing was like, okay. And then we had like the other Bitsy's plan to bring in the fish guy. Like, I was just kind of like, man, this, I mean, this is okay. It's all right. But then we have the moment where they're like all on the boat at night going out to get the fish and they have the song and they have the different animation and it's just incredible. I was just so into it and it made the whole finale for me. It makes the whole finale. I agree. It's the I think it's the best scene of the show. Just the die yeah. trying. The animation is the best. It goes back and forth between um, Molly's new character of based on her dad, which is great um and uh in the comic style and then just probably their best foot forward in terms of their normal animation in uh Owen trying to catch the fish and then the end of the montage that follows um and then the song itself is great and it um is a it tie, I, I believe it is trying to tie together all the incorporating elements from all of the previous songs we've talked about yeah yeah I don't know how many of them. Some of them are obvious. There's a really obvious part with uh, Weirdos Make Great Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have... There's a really obvious part with Mama's Got This. Yeah, we have... Uh, Is there an the, Own It part? I thought I heard Own It at some own point. It. Yeah, okay. Is there a Central in My Heart part to it? Yes. Towards the end, we get back. It's sort of a reprise of Central in My Heart. 
Okay. Other 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 ones we incorporate. Nothing else that immediately stuck out to me. I might have to like re-listen a few more times, but yeah, it's, at some point it felt like every verse was changing to kind of be a different song, but I'm not even sure. Um, yeah, it's it's this is the, an incredible song to end the show. Yeah, the season, the season. Yeah, I like. I clearly, I think this is a finale, at least in the last scene. Like, go all out in this last uh, in this last scene. I also think the rest of the episode is kind of a finale. They, each character really has a spotlight. There's a part they they tie back to Cole and the dog. I think. I think that's a sign. It's the finale. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we definitely don't go in crazy places with the plot. No, it, it's like, oh, now we we they caught the fish. They exposed Bitsy. And, and you know we'll see i guess i don't think anything's gonna change that much exposing betsy it's just she's unpopular again yeah she now has to win people over i guess she probably still controls the mayor if she just pays him again right like uh yes. the mayor, we get the mayor voiced by uh h john benjamin john h benjamin I always yeah from bob's yes. burgers yes and archer of course and uh he's great um interesting character for him but uh we don't see a ton of them the mayor no. Yeah. Um, there any other songs, Sarah? You want to highlight? Um, I, I I wanted to give a very brief honorable mention to the song "Poops I'll Pick Up" from episode one. <laughs> it, it it's just as like, a dog owner. Is it relatable? It, is as that a why? dog owner, it's highly relatable, and it's like just a very silly song between Owen and Cole. Uh, Cole singing about how much he wants the dog, and he's stolen the dog, and I was like, "You can't keep this dog. We're gonna go to doggy jail." It's just super funny, and I just I, I, it plays after I listen to own it, and because I've listened to own it so many times, I just keep listening. Yeah, it, it's the next one that plays after own it. And, I agree. That. <laughs> It just I I just really like it, I, and I needed I needed to give it an honorable mention here. Okay, I'll I'll give a last honorable mention to "Make Them Pay" from the first two episodes, which is the the ten pole Bitsy song from the beginning. Um, I think that's a funny Bitsy song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and there's then there's other good ones too. I didn't even talk about. Honestly, yeah, so. I mean, like I definitely don't think that the ones we talked about were exclusive of like all the songs that were good, but I think yeah. Yeah, that's like such a large amount of great songs. Yeah, we talked a long time about the songs. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, We've talked about, I want to, the only thing I have here to circle back to is the the spoiler device. We talked about it with the new narrator coming in, but just the notion that there's a narrator and then he, like, they just decide he, like, he can affect the plot and then he does. Um, To me, it's a little frustrating. Like, uh, they didn't, the characters didn't actually take any action to learn of Bitsy's involvement. Like, they might have anyway because of, uh, because of the 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 coincidence of Molly's boyfriend being related and stuff, yeah. I think that it ended up coming revealing itself with with Brendan coming over and saying, "Oh yeah, Bitsy wants to get the park." <laughs> yeah, but um, this was a, a weird, shocking moment in the middle of the season that they did this two episode arc of um the narrator yeah. affecting the plot. Uh, of course, it begs questions like. Where are these narrators coming from? Right. Uh, like, how are they just so like? And like, does does Bertie just know everything because he just like peeps in people's windows all day? Like, it kind of seems that way. <laughs> this is what is, it, is, like, there's is, so is, many shots of him just like his his head just poking into the window of the Tillerman's house. Yeah. How how does he know these things? Does he just innately know? Is it because he spies on everyone? And is from the future? Um, is this? Is, how do you I, become narrator? I think this this has to uh, confirm that this is all a simulation. I would say. I think uh, at the very <laughs> yeah. least, this is. 
are they either they're gods or this is some sort of video game and they're narrating based on it, right? Like, uh, can't just know everything. I'm... There's, there's, yeah, there could be some kind of fantastical element to it. Uh, it could just be, they, they could just be like, I mean, maybe he, we don't know that he knows everything. I guess he just maybe like has seen Bitsy and then, um, you, he but, probably just spied on Bitsy doing stuff. Yeah. Spied okay. on everyone that's the, else. That's a not exciting way that. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want them to explain it though. Like a video game. It's a no. It's all a simulation, as is life. But uh, no, it's uh, if if either either I want them to go crazy all out with like weird abstract stuff with the narrators, or just never explain it. Like uh, those are the two options. Yeah, I don't. I don't want them to like. I don't know if I really want them to explain it. I think it's just fun the way it is without it making a lot of sense. Yeah, it was fun and frustrating and uh, notable. I don't know. I, yeah. I was it, one of the it's things really I remember more. You don't have a lot of shows that there's like a narrator that's like involved in the story. And he also like shows up and like talks to. He also he's also just a person that's there that Owen knows. And yeah, at this he's like worked his way as a, like a per, a side character that Owen knows in the show. So I think I do think they're kind of going somewhere with that. Like, uh, I mean, there is close. Though. He's too close to the family. He cares too close. Too much about them. That's the most important song in the yeah. season. Uh, oh, I think at some point Owen's going to be like, "What? Wait, what's going on here?" Like, I think Owen's going to kind of figure out that something's off. Like, yeah. I think that's the next step to go with this. Yeah. And he's going to, like, hunt down Birdie like a... He's gonna, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> he's going to have an investigation into Birdie, and uh, maybe he learns too much. <laughs> like, uh, he learns, the, sees the code behind the simulation. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I think that's where it's going. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He's Birdie's an alien. That's the, oh, the no. okay, okay. Um, but yeah, no, no. The the point being that like everything about the story is just very conventional. I mean, the fact that uh, Helen wants to take the place of the dog in the the hierarchy, I think, is funny. But um, it's all like pretty conventional, except for this narrator affecting the plot of the show is really is something unique about it. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, um, like speaking other to like conventional things about the show is you know we have like. Only heterosexual couples and uh, love interest in the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talk a lot about queer representation on the podcast. Obviously, nothing really going here in terms yeah. of that. Yeah. It's, um, which is disappointing because, like, like, what are they really limited by? Like, it's Apple TV. Like, it's not like a network show. Yeah, they totally could do. I, 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 we'll probably see some side characters at some point. Yeah, it's just it's just like frustrating where it's like like when if it could be gay, why not? Like there's no reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, opinion. there's not, not not a lot of romance going on, but um, well, we have Molly and Molly. Brendan, which I mean, yeah. they they kind of you know they have their like they're kind of they're you know, kind of purposefully playing into like boy and girl crushes of young kids. Like I think that they're tr- yeah, you could argue that, but we also could not do that. Yeah. Yeah, like I was like, you know, when I very first watched the first episode, and we're and like Cole was like, uh, thinking about wanting something, and I was like, oh, maybe he's crushing on a, another little guy, and no, it's the dog, which I mean, it's, <laughs> it's very funny, but I was disappointed. I was like, because you know, we have you know Titus, who's you know played queer characters, and you know, I think it would be a great opportunity. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think Cole, they're probably going for he's a little kid. But if the show, like, takes time, if the time passes in the show, we could do a thing with Cole um, eventually liking a boy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, any other topics, Sarah? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I think we covered everything I had I wanted to talk about here. Um, so any final thoughts on Central Park? I would say it's just a very, very fun show with a lot of great music as we went over. The the characters are fun and yeah, it's 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 just it's been enjoyable as much as there are the sort of criticisms and problematic elements that we've that have sort of fixed and not fixed it themselves. So I, I think that like there's a lot of opportunity for them to do something really great in season two, um, especially with the new uh, Molly uh, voice actor. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's more to come. I'm excited to hear our, like when they come up with season two and there's just more great music. Like like I'm gonna be enjoying these songs for a long time, but I'm, I'm also just like give me more. <laughs> more already, yeah. Okay, we could do it. Uh no yeah I it was it was so much fun I think I I love that the show is weekly probably my favorite weekly show in a while just because you get time to listen to the songs from the episode True. um I hope they keep that uh but uh you know it's like it's not like plot wise you need time to speculate or anything it's just uh, it's just like a fun thing to have every Friday mm-hmm. yeah it's been a nice sort of weekly treat there's another yeah. Central Park and more music to listen to. Yeah, and I hope, uh, I guess the last topic is this show's, uh, you know, display of New York um, and the, the park itself. And I think uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a good, like, showing of Central Park and all the weird and diverse aspects of the mm-hmm. location. And like, I think it is still a little idealized. I mean, they do sort of bring these, like, you know, in the, in the first episode, it's like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's peeing in the flowers. <laughs> It's like a realistically um, idealized Realistically of, yeah. idealized, yeah. I mean, I think the whole first song is about idealizing it. So I think it's that's true. kind of the, the perspective that it uh, has. Um, and yeah, we were watching this uh, Comic-Con panel with uh, Kate and Elisa. And it said Elisa used to like busk in Central Park. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm, yeah, she busts with her own violin, which yeah, is now the violin, violin that's played in the, in, the, in the show, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, so yeah, I think the use of Central Park in New York itself has been really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just been really fun. Uh, very much looking forward to more episodes. Could be sooner than later. I'm not sure. I know that there are, uh, 16 more episodes at least to come. Um, I don't see why, as long as Apple TV Plus is a thing, which who knows how long, but, uh, <laughs> it's, I don't see why they wouldn't just keep renewing the show. Why not? Apple yeah. has infinite money. As long as they have the budget Central for Park. like all of this stuff and and the cast stays on then yeah yeah um seems seems like people are into the i mean uh seems like this is is being a wrecking i would say despite the fact that's maybe underwatched in our community and maybe in the animation community it's like uh, this is going to be one of the more watched shows that we've talked about just because it's prominent placing on apple tv plus it's like big names behind it and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, probably a lot of people are gonna watch the show um yeah looking forward to more central park i will i'll keep listening to the songs looking forward to more music from the show looking forward to seeing where some of these things are going let us know what you thought of the first season of central park you can comment on our website overlyanimated.com and our youtube at youtube.com slash overly animated um and yeah all the links to get in contact with us are at overlyanimated.com uh we have a discord at overlyanimated.com slash discord uh, don't have a central park channel you can talk about it in other shows though 
and uh, consider supporting us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to our current patrons, especially our patron of podcast, Connie, and thanks to I Star Patreon executive producers, Ryan Steve Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael Needle, and Phonition. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.